0: I'm trying to put on a happy face after last night. That's rough. It, yeah, yeah, that's as good as I can get. I, man, what a rough night. It's, it's not even one that in a vacuum you really hate that much. It's just everything that has been piling on this Reds team. It almost, It almost felt like it came to a head last night, and we've reached a crossroads in the season. We'll see what the Reds do with it. I'm going to talk a lot about that on today's podcast. Thank you for finding. This is the Locked on Reds podcast, by the way. If you're just finding it, I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I've got this weird addiction. I'm like stuck on the Reds. I've been talking about the Reds for near 700 episodes. That's right. I'm, I am think this is like episode 665 or something like that. We're getting to the big number there. But uh, yeah, a lot of talking about the Reds here on the Locked on Reds podcast. Each and every day, I've got you covered with everything. About the Cincinnati Reds. If you're not subscribed, make sure that you are subscribed right here on the YouTube channel or follow me on your favorite podcasting app. You can also follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds. And today's show is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app today on your favorite mobile device and join me later on this week. Still trying to nail down a time exactly when that's going to be, but Spotify Green Room is changing the way that we talk sports let's get started you are locked on reds your daily cincinnati reds podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day All right, Reds fans, we got some stuff to talk about because the Reds played the Pirates last night. We've been talking about how excited we are. I've mentioned it lots of times, how excited we are to be playing so many games against the Pirates in this final month of the season as the Reds are trying to make that stretch run, trying to make the playoffs and win that playoff race for the second wild card spot. When I'm talking about a race, I'm talking about one that's like, Oh, maybe like a three legged race, and somebody's got their foot stuck in the sack or something. I, I I don't know because this is a pretty lethargic race. If you look at the teams that are playing, the Padres lost again last night. The Cardinals did win. So, ergo, the Reds are now out of the second wild card spot, and the Cardinals are a half game ahead of them in that spot. Uh, the Phillies lost, um, the, and obviously the Reds lost to the Pirates last night. Who wants to win this wild card spot? Don't know. The Reds are just continuing to sputter. Sure. They scored five runs last night. None of them against the left-handed starting pitcher. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. But the first thing I want to talk about in this game was a struggle of a start for one Wade Miley. This was his second uh, bad outing, second non-quality start. Let's let's put it that way. Second non-quality start in his last three starts. Now this year he has compiled a quality start percentage of 56%. And I know that quality start is kind of a rough stat because you're talking about a pitcher who gives up no more than three earned runs in six innings pitched and that's earned runs. So, you know, if they're unearned for some reason, and he gives up five unearned runs, it still goes down as a quality start if he pitches at least six innings, but he has done pretty well. This it's a baseline of understanding for how well a pitcher starting pitcher has done during a season. This is the best it's been since he's been in Arizona since 2014. So if you're looking at this statistic and, and a lot of statistics, really, when it comes to Wade Miley this year, this is the best he has been in at least seven years. I mean, a long time since we've seen Wade Miley pitch this well. But it's still a concern for me because I, I've mentioned about how in 2019 he had that rough September. This September isn't near as rough as that for him so far, but it's still something to worry about. Being that he's been the most consistent pitcher on this roster, he has been the guy that you turn to to kind of help you stop the bleeding. He didn't do that last night, and as we head toward the playoffs, what kind of role can we expect out of him? Is it you know two or three and, and It's not even a longevity issue, although toward the end of his outing last night in Pittsburgh is when he gave up more runs than he had already done, but the bulk of the damage was done in the first inning. He gave up three runs that first inning, partially because of a bad error by Eugenio Suarez at third base, but all in all, just a rough night on the mound for Wade Miley, and if he's going to struggle, that really just adds to the litany of problems that the Reds are dealing with right now. That's one uh, one less thing that they should have to worry about, but one more thing than they are. And he was outpitched, uh, frankly, by Dylan Peters. And uh, raise your hand if you know who Dylan Peters is. Let the record show that only Ethan Smith from Lockdown Pirates was raising his hand. Uh, Dylan Peters absolutely dominated the Reds in five innings. He had five strikeouts, four of which came on his changeup. His changeup, although he's got a small sample size this year, only 22 and two-thirds innings pitched, but he's got a 41.5% whiff rate on that changeup. Just phenomenal. He was keeping guys guessing all night long. You saw bad at bats up and down the lineup, whether you're talking about the main dudes that you're looking for to get hits for the Reds, or if you're talking about the bottom of the lineup, which will kind of distinguish as to why I'm breaking it up that way here in just a few moments. But just an absolutely bad night at the ballpark for the Reds lineup. Dylan Peters looked phenomenal. And then they got into the. Pirates bullpen and they were able to score runs off their right-handed pitchers. Chris Stratton, a left-handed reliever came in and pitched two perfect innings in the seventh and eighth innings for the Pirates. So you look at this and you continue to say, where are the hits coming? Whenever an opposing team pitches a left-handed pitcher of any repute we're not talking about a Cy Young candidate we're not talking about an all-time great we're not even talking about an above average left-handed pitcher at this point we're talking about a living breathing human being with a pulse who can throw a round projectile maybe even a grapefruit with his left hand can shut down this Reds lineup it's getting a little bit ridiculous and it's almost looking as if it was a complete and total neglect on the part of the front office to even address this issue. This isn't something that has just crept up. It's been a year long thing. I think they knew it last year as well. Nothing was done in the off season to address it and nothing has been done during the season to address it. Kind of a, uh, dereliction of duty if you ask me, but overall not a great night at the ballpark for the red legs who did mount some sort of comeback but fell short against a team who's playing for absolutely nothing. They're playing for the future and whatever the future is for the pirates. I don't even know if pirates fans know because they've been looking toward the future for a long time. We talk about the reds competing and playing meaningful baseball for the first time since September of 2013, you know, September of this year, that is. And you look at the pirates and you're like, man, that's about the same time they were playing their most meaningful baseball last in the month of September And that was the first time they just have a ridiculous history, even over our lifetimes. We talk about the just, uh, complete drudgery that has been the Reds trying to compete for playoff wins, uh, pretty much since I've been alive, uh, at least since 1990 and, uh, and you know, 1995 was nice, but other than that, it's really not been good. The pirates are right there with us. And they've actually had a better record, I think I saw during the 2010s overall than the Reds did. So yeah, whatever, we're not going to go that far into that argument, but rough night at the ballpark for the Red Legs as they lose to the Pirates. And to give you a microcosm as to how this game went from a lineup perspective, David Bell did so much finagling that Jose Barrero played center field at one point. Yeah, he's a shortstop, not a center fielder. Don't think he has any, uh, experience out there in center field either. I'd uh, be surprised if he did. So yeah, that kind of sums it up. Bad night. The reds. I I said it in these nine games against the pirates really have to go eight and one. Now we're just squinting to see if they can go seven and two. And that means you got to make up wins elsewhere. That means you got to win one more against the Dodgers or win one more against the white Sox or not lose to the Nationals, something like that. These have to be – you know, wins and losses have to be made up somewhere because they've got to get to where I think is like 84, 85, maybe 86 wins to guarantee themselves a wild card. They cannot continue to do this whole let's slide through the mud and hope that everybody else is just sliding through the mud with us like it has been over the past couple of weeks because I think the Cardinals, the Phillies, somebody – is going to figure some things out here and take over the second wild card spot if the Reds don't. That's why they got to make hay against the Pirates. I, I mentioned uh, David Bell and finagling, and th- that's something that we all know that he loves to do. It's uh, something that a lot of people like to complain about. I'm going to tell you why uh, I think he's had to here in just a moment before we talk about that though i wanted to let you know that you should download the spotify green room app green room is the way of bringing together all sports fans whether you're talking about baseball basketball football hockey all of that great stuff college football professional football college basketball professional basketball you can create a green room today or you can join a green room for people in the media for uh athletes have green rooms sometimes you've got different people all around sports that are having watch parties. They're talking about the biggest news and transactions in their sport, and you can join in on the conversation on Spotify Greenroom. Download the app today on your mobile device, set up your profile. You can link your Twitter, and you can also join your favorite groups, whether you're talking about Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, so you get notified when the biggest names in those groups go live. You can also follow me. I'm on Greenroom at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and you can get notified when I go live as well. So we talk about this Reds team, you know, hopefully good things soon, but download the Spotify green room app today. It's the conference call you want to be on because they're talking about sports. That's the Spotify green room app. They're changing the way that we talk sports. Also head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of this promo code locked on. You'll get 100% Added on to your initial deposit, buy one, get one free. You put in a hundred, they'll give you a hundred. You put in 200, they'll give you 200. It's 100% more with that promo code locked on. And today I'm giving you a tip. And this is one that uh, might require a little bit of digging, but if you go to betonline.ag, you look at uh, MLB on the left side, click on MLB baseball game. You find the Reds and the Pirates game today. There's a little thing on there that says like, markets or something it's a little red link under the uh, the game thing there if you click in on that and you find player performance doubles I know I'm going real deep here but you can combine a player prop with the fact that the Reds will win I think that this is a good prop to this is a good player performance double to jump in on today that's why I'm doing it and I'm telling you you should too Jonathan India three or more. Hits, runs, and RBIs. So you know some combination of those three things. At least three or more of hits, runs, and RBIs, and the Reds win. It's at plus one seventy-six today. That's a value, which means if you take it and you win, if you put ten bucks on it, you're going to get like seventeen dollars and sixty cents. I think India is going to go off. I think the Reds understand the urgency that they have to have in this game. I think they're going to win. And I think you should put some money on it and make some cash off of that today at betonline.ag. And like I said, if you haven't gone and set up your profile yet, use that promo code locked on to get 100% added onto your initial deposit. All right. I got a question on the Locked On Reds line uh, today from our buddy Josh down in Tennessee. He wanted to ask this, and I'm trying to get it pulled up here. Simple yes or no question for you, Jeff. If the tailspin continues and the Reds miss the playoffs, should Bell be back as manager next year? Josh in Tennessee. Josh, I appreciate the question, man. It's definitely worth wondering. We're talking about a guy who is coming up on at least an option year. There's a team option that they could pick up, and he could be the manager next season. And should he get a contract extension? My answer to your question, yes or no? yes, he should. Here's the thing. There's been a lot of people that have complained recently about his lineups, about the way that he is setting up the team. I think you're misguided in your uh, complaints. I think you're aiming it at the wrong person. It's not David Bell's fault that he has to figure out how to build a lineup without Jesse Winker and build an outfield without a true center fielder, without anybody who's hitting well outside of Nick Castellanos. And to figure out who's playing third base, to figure out who is the shortstop, all of this different stuff, because he can only work with the pieces that he's given. This is like complaining about your kid building a Lego set whenever you handed them a bunch of Lincoln logs and you wonder why the Legos look weird. It's because you gave him Lincoln logs. He has been given Delino to Shields, who is supposedly better than Shogo Wakiyama, who is not going to really help them out against left-handed pitching anyway. So they put into Shields against left-handed pitching. They've got Tyler and sure, but he can't hit a lefty to save his life. They've got, um, let's see, Aristides Aquino, who is just continuing to struggle. No matter how you slice it, when you watch Aristides Aquino at the plate, for every pitch that it looks like he's figuring things out and he's getting that plate discipline thing down, there's another pitch that makes it look like he's never had an at-bat in his life. I love Aristides Aquino, but I don't know that he is ever anybody that you could count on any pennant race or at least a playoff race at this point. I don't think they give pennants to wildcard teams, but if they did, that'd be kind of cool. But you, you add that in there, you add in the fact that they began the season without a shortstop. They just said, here you go, David, here's your team. All right. Who do we got for shortstop here? Nick? Well, David, someone on this roster, you got to figure that out. If if it's Gino, if it's Kyle farmer, if it's, you know, is Jose Barrero ready, whatever you got to figure that out. So he's tried his best. And I'm not sitting here and telling you that Kyle Farmer is the shortstop of the future, but Kyle Farmer has at least looked better at shortstop than Eugenio Suarez has. And then you add on the fact that neither Suarez has been healthy, but hasn't hit. Mike Moustakis has not hit when he's been healthy and he's not been healthy very much. So you're asking this dude to build a lineup of just absolute playoff potential caliber with a lot of pieces that aren't fitting a lot of Lincoln logs that you're trying to put together with Legos. I even look at it this way. I, over the last month, we've talked about the struggles of this lineup, the, two, the past two weeks specifically, but let's expand it to the last 28 days. Over the last 28 days, the Reds have slashed as a team 226, 289, 400. Not great. But there's an even concerning thing because I've noticed a lot of innings where Jonathan India gets on base, maybe Joey Votto or Nick Castellanos gets out, but one of the other two gets on base. And then what? When you get past those three guys here recently, because Winker's been out of lineup, you haven't had him helping things out there. You've really turned to India, Votto and Castellanos for the Reds to get runs, to get wins. Just for a quick comparison, I know that we don't put a ton of weight on RBIs anymore, but when you break it down over the last 28 days, the team as a whole has had 87 total RBIs. It's not great to begin with, but whatever. Vado, Castellanos, and India have accounted for 39 of those 87 RBIs. Other, in other words, one-third of your lineup is giving you almost half of your production so far as one statistic is uh, concerned. So let's break it down even further. I, I took them out. When you t- when you look at the numbers over the last 28 days for this Reds lineup, take out Vado, India, and Castellanos, and this is what you have. You have a lineup that for two-thirds, for six guys, and yes, I know that that largely includes a pitcher batting, but for the most part, we're talking about six hitters here compared to three. Six hitters, two-thirds of the Reds lineup over the last 28 days, has a batting average of 216. They're getting on base 27% of the time, and they have a slugging percentage of 350, all for a total OPS of 622. If you were to combine the other three, you look at India, Vado, and Castellanos, they got an OPS of 820, a batting average of 245. I mean, you are com- you are absolutely putting your hopes and dreams on three hitters right now, and they miss Jesse Winker so much, because if you add Jesse Winker to these three guys, the lineup looks a lot better, and you take out Aristides Aquino, or you take out Delino to De Shields every day. I tweeted this out yesterday. If the hopes and dreams of the Reds making the playoffs l- rely on guys like Delino to De Shields and Honestly, at this point in 2021, if they rely on Jose Barrero or if they rely on Kyle Farmer, then we've got a problem. Kyle Farmer has been a nice piece added in with everything else. But when you rely on him, you put everything on his shoulders. It worked in the month of July. It ain't worked any time else. So when you look at these three guys over here that I have pictured on the screen, Vado, India, Castellanos. I never point in the right direction. Those are the guys that if they are on base, but they haven't scored, then the other team is feeling a lot better about themselves because the other two thirds of the lineup has uh, posed little to no threat to the opposing pitcher. How's that all going to play out the rest of this Pirate series? I don't know. It's things that have to get fixed right now. And sure, you definitely can convince me that obviously these are the three guys you want to count on right now with Winker out. So to take them out of the lineup too, you have a bad team. But I'm still just saying, whenever these guys aren't producing, the Reds aren't producing. Period. Plain and simple. And so to blame that on David Bell is just asinine. I think that he should manage the team at least one more year, probably get an extension. And then I look at the fact that the front office has just absolutely screwed him over with the roster. We were talking about this in spring training, the fact that the Reds aren't deep. And I kind of meant that more in the terms of if there are multiple injuries and right now there's not multiple injuries, there's just one to Jesse Winker. But I also mean that now in terms of once you get past like the fourth hitter in the lineup, If everything is all, if if everything being equal, if Jesse Winker is healthy, if you get past the fourth hitter in this lineup, you're not as scared as you are when you're pitching to those four guys because the Reds are so top heavy in this lineup right now. Everybody's down. I get it. Everybody's down. Even when I broke down the top three guys, Votto over the last 28 days is batting a cool 187. I understand that. But on the other side of this coin is the fact that the other two-thirds of this lineup have posed little to no threat to opposing pitchers. And that is a huge reason as to why they just aren't scoring runs right now. And that's got to get picked up. Whether we're talking about Tucker Barnhart, whose production has really dropped off since I praised him earlier on in the season, or we're talking about Kyle Farmer coming back and hitting strong, something he hasn't done really since the beginning of August, or if we're talking about guys figuring out how to hit left-handed pitching, they've got to do something because they're only a half game out. You, You don't have to squint that hard to see them making the playoffs if the lineup figures things out. And I've been saying that for what feels like every day for the last two weeks, and it's driving me insane. The biggest reason for that is the dereliction of duty from this front office. All right, coming up in just a minute, I want to break down Vladimir Gutierrez versus Mitch Keller. Before we talk about that, though, let's talk about something good. Let's talk about something sweet. Let's talk about Bilt Bar. Wait. It's healthy though for you too, because it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You're only going to think that you're eating something unhealthy for you, but really it's got some great stats like 120 to 130 calories, less than four grams of sugar, less than four grams of fat, and up to 18 grams of protein. This stuff even fits into like a keto diet, fits into a bunch of different diets. But again, you're not going to feel like you're eating some kind of weird diet, diety food or protein chalkiness or something like that. No, 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 no. Built bar. Is amazing. They've got great flavors too, like cherry bar, see my favorite. They've got coconut, they've got mint chocolate brownie, they've got cookies and cream, and they're always rotating in limited flavors. I think right now they've got German chocolate cake, which is a pretty darn good built bar as well. Huge German chocolate cake guy, anyway. But when you put it into a built bar and you make it kind of healthy for me as well. I love that. Go to built.com today and use the promo code locked 15 to save 15% off your next order. I'm telling you, if you have not tried this out, you need to do it today. Locked 15 to save 15% off your next order at built.com so that you can take your snap game and raise it to the major leagues. Also, speaking of raising your game, get all of your entertainment under one TV screen. It's 2021. If you haven't done that yet, then what are you doing? Direct TV can help you out. Check out Direct TV Stream at directtv.com. You don't have to have multiple devices to watch the game, your favorite streaming stuff, highlights, all that other. No, no, no. You can do it all on your television with Direct TV Stream. They bring all your favorites from the sporting world, television, movies, reality TV, all that great stuff. You can have it all on Direct TV Stream. Learn more at directtv.com today. You got to have a compatible device. And learn more at directtv.com. All right. Coming up tonight, we got Vladimir Gutierrez. He is on the mound in Pittsburgh. His last outing was okay. He he looked all right when he was pitching there against, um, blanked, uh, blanked on my mind there, but, uh, he pit, he pitched pretty well against the Cubs. Um, his most recent start wasn't, uh, really on him though. Uh, he's lost three in a row. Uh, he didn't lose three in a row. The Reds have lost three straight. Vladimir Gutierrez starts. Two of them were kind of because he wasn't on his game. He didn't have his best stuff. But the third one against the Cubs, not only was it not pinned on him, but it also wasn't his fault. The lineup just didn't help him out at all. He pitched five innings, gave up one earned run, only allowed two hits in those five innings, and he had his breaking stuff working. His curveball and his slider were just completely fooling Cubs batters. In fact, he had a couple of strikeouts on that slider on the season. He has a 38.8% whiff rate whenever he throws that slider and guys swing at it because it's such a good pitch for him. And whenever he mixes in that fastball and he's able to get those high strikes and get some swings and misses on them when they're high in the zone, then he can drop the slider in on them and hitters have no chance. I love how it's worked recently. And, and really, when you look at the fact that his fastball is around 93 miles an hour on average, he is able to drop his slider velocity down to 83, which gives you a 10 mile an hour difference thereabouts on average. And then whenever he drops his curveball in whoo, that's an even better drop, that's a 16 mile an hour drop on average between his fastball and his curveball. And if he is on his game. Keeping the curveball low, keeping it looking like it's starting in the zone and then dipping out, and the hitters are swinging over top of it, and then he drops, uh, he he hops his fastball up there high in the zone. I don't know how hitters hit that. I, and that's one thing that I understand when you're talking about a major league hitter and why on earth is any doing that well. It's something that we're not doing. We're just watching them do, and it looks a lot easier when we're watching than whenever we're doing. Because you've got those pitches coming at them so fast, and then all of a sudden you've got some big bender coming in way slower than the guy that just came at you 93 miles an hour. I I don't know how guys do it, and Goody has done a good job of mixing those pitches up this year. All in all, the Reds have a winning record whenever he is on the mound. It's just been these last three starts that the Reds have not won. So I think they're due got a good feeling about Goody tonight. He is going up against a little bit more of a improved Mitch Keller. You're going to see that 6.2 ERA and say, well, how improved is he really? But the Reds have seen him twice this year. He's pitched eight and a third innings and the Reds have scored 11 runs on him and they've had 14 hits on him. So they think that they own Mitch Keller. Hopefully they don't walk into the batter's box expecting to just hit home runs tonight whenever he's on the mound. Hopefully they do. I want that to happen, but they got to have a sense of urgency against this guy because here recently he's been all right. Now, he did allow four runs to the Tigers in his most recent start over five innings, but right before that, he had a career start. His first six-inning start of this season, he pitched against the Cubs, six shutout innings, and he was super efficient too, only threw 89 pitches in those six innings. And when I say efficient, it's because he averages 80 pitches per start, and that's the longest start he's ever had because he only goes four, maybe five innings at most, and he throws 80 pitches doing that. So he was able to tap into something here. I think a big reason for that was, was his slider was just on one. Cubs hitters whenever they swung at that slider in that start, they swung and missed on half of those sliders. He was just working it. So, if we see the Reds swinging and missing on sliders early, it could be a long day for this lineup against a guy who otherwise they've hit pretty hard in his very short career, a guy that they are sort of happy to see whenever he's on the mound. But I say all that to say this. I say the fact that you know Mitch Keller's been a little bit better lately, but better for him is not as good as most, still the Reds must win this game. We're not into a situation where the Reds are about to be eliminated. I understand that. But when you look at what they're up against, they've lost six straight series. They're coming into Pittsburgh, a team that they should crush, a team that they have to crush. If they lose this series, if they're coming back home to play the Dodgers, off of a loss of a series to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm running out of narrative lines here. I'm running out of like just overly optimistic takes. Like I still feel like they've got a great shot to make the postseason. Don't get me wrong, but it's really getting hard to continually defend that when they continually lose games, they got to start tonight. They got to start with Vladimir Gutierrez on the mound that starts tonight at 6 40. Hopefully you're listening to that beforehand. Hopefully you're listening to this on your drive home. Thank you so much for doing so. I'm I'm your host Jeff Carr here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. If you're not subscribed to this YouTube channel, make sure that you do. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show on your favorite podcasting app. That way, you can get me on whatever podcast we're talking about. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, Good Pods. I know that's a pretty good uh, podcasting app to use. The Himalaya podcasting app, Stitcher, all that stuff. Whatever. If you see podcasts there, search Lockdown Reds. You'll find me. And make sure that you're subscribed. That way you'll miss anything that we've got for you. We've got a lot of great stuff down this stretch run and all kinds of stuff during the offseason as well. But uh, hopefully in the short term, we're going to be talking about a win tomorrow because if we're not, ugh, I don't know. I might just stare at the camera for 30 minutes tomorrow. We'll we'll find out. Anyway, no, it'll be, it'll be better content than that. I promise you that. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.